let's declare before the Lord that we are favored. The Spirit of the Lord is here to bless us. So let's declare that we are favored. Father, we thank you. Lord, we appreciate you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for your grace at work. Thank you because we are favored by you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Father, let there be surplus supply of blessing. Let your people enjoy your greatness. Let today be a special Sunday. And Father, let there be an end to every lack in our midst in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. If you are happy, shout hallelujah. Please be seated. God bless you. But stretch your hand to five people around you and say hi, five. High five. Hallelujah. Amen. You are blessed in Jesus' name. And I've said so much about surplus supply. One of the things that I think I emphasized last Sunday is about work that the Lord will bless the work of your hand. I'm trusting God before the end of this year, you are going to see reward in the mighty name of Jesus. Your labor this year will not be in vain does not matter how much there is dollar to naira, but God will bless the work of your hand. And we surprise you in Jesus' name. To every working worker, may the Lord bless your work. And the church is saying we appreciate you in Jesus' name. Let's clap for all the workers in the church, working in any organization. God bless you in the name of Jesus. Okay, this is the last Sunday in the month of surplus supply, and I'll be reading from Genesis chapter 48, verse 3, verse 4, verse 15, verse 16, verse 20, verse 22. Those are the scriptures I'll be reading. And um, if you are there, you can read it for me so that I can't be only on the altar again. If you are there, you are fast enough, you can read it for me. Genesis 48, verse 3 to 4, verse 15 to 16, verse 20, and verse 22. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appear unto me at Lucy. In the land of Canaan and bless me. This morning, the Lord will appear to you and bless you. Amen. Look at what he says in verse 4. And he said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make of thee a multitude of people, and I will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession or blessing. Whatever the Lord has said concerning you, you fulfill it this year. Are you saying amen very well? Amen. He's able, he's abundantly able to fulfill his word. This was, you know, in Genesis chapter 24, verse 1, the Bible says, The Lord blessed Father Abraham in all things. That's to tell you that God can do whatever he says he can do. There's nobody that can stop God. And I'd like you to open your mind this morning. He said, The Lord bless him. Okay, Genesis 24, verse 1. Let's read it. So that you can see how the blessing is increasing from one generation to another generation. If God says he's going to do something, he will do it. And Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. That is surplus supply. Don't forget it that we also read concerning Isaac, the father of Jacob. In Genesis 26, verse 13 and 14. That Isaac was blessed. He continued to move forward. And he became very prosperous until the Philistine envy him. Genesis 26 verse 13. And the man was great and went forward and grew until he became very great. 
and he had possession of this, possession of that, surplus supply, and the Philistine envy him. That is the projection of this family. Jacob now, the carriers of blessing, was now telling Joseph in verse uh, in Genesis chapter 48, verse 3 and 4. So that you know that what we are talking about as a family, family base. When you are saying Abraham blessings are mine, you know what we are actually talking about. Look at it again. Then Jacob said to Joseph, it's going to pass on the blessing to Joseph. And this morning, God will pass on the blessing to you. Amen. The story of your life at the end of your day will be that of the blessing of God. Amen. Because of you, generation will serve God in Jesus' name. Amen. He said, God Almighty appeared to me and blessed me. Verse 4. Look at what he says. He said to me, he said to me, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make of thee a multitude of people, and I will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. Verse 15 and 16 is talking, he's just rounding up his life. He was old now. He's giving a summary. And he blessed Joseph and said, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did work or serve, the God that my father served, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day. And that verse says, the God that shepherded me, the God that provided for all my needs. That's what he said. He said to Joseph, the God that blessed me, the God that shepherded me, the angel which redeemed me from all evil. So we are talking about surplus supply. We are also talking about exemption from all evil. And no evil will be recorded concerning you this year in Jesus' name. Bless this your children and let my name be named on them and the name of my father Abraham and Isaac and let them grow unto a multitude of the, the midst of the heart. And that person says, let people pray to be like them or receive their kind of blessing. Let people pray to be like them. Let people pray to be like these ones. You only want to be like somebody that God has blessed. Not somebody that God has blessed. He was saying, let the blessing of the Lord rest upon these children and let this family blessing be upon them. Okay? Verse 20 and 22. Verse, you know, we are talking about surplus supply now. This is a generational blessing. And he blessed them that day, saying, Indeed shall Israel be blessed, saying, God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh, and he set Ephraim before Manasseh. Jacob prayed for them, crossing his hand and said, people will pray in days to come, may they pray to be like you. Israel will pray and say, God bless me like Ephraim and Manasseh. He was transferring a prophetic blessing, a mighty blessing upon the two sons of Jacob. Look at verse 22. Moreover, I have given you, given to thee one portion above thy brethren. This blessing should be to the firstborn. So, and when he was saying, I'm giving you Double portion. Now, I'm giving you, if you get to me, can region 48 from 1 to the end. I'm giving you two portions instead of one above thy children, which, took out of, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. And in Genesis again 48, it was 49, it was blessing him again that his blessing will be above. I pray that your blessing will be above in Jesus' name. Are you saying amen very well? Yeah. But despite this blessing upon the life of Joseph 
and his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, his mind and consent is important. For you to enjoy surplus supply, your mind is important. Why? Philemon chapter 1 verse 14, the Lord will not do anything without your conscience. So that the blessing of God as it were will not be by force. There are so many people that come to church without their mind. Just say whatever you want to say. They are not actually concentrating. They are not following. And when they are not blessed, they, bless, they, they, they blame the pastor. But you have forgotten that ever since you have been in church, you never actually follow anybody. And you never open your heart to be blessed by anything. God will not force his blessing on you. That's why he will say it first before the blessing comes. So that you can prepare yourself. So that you can prepare yourself. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 now says, Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace so that we may receive supply upon supply in the time of need. May you receive supply this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And John chapter 3 verse 27 says, No one can receive anything except it is given to him from heaven. May the Lord give you blessing. Are you saying amen? Amen. If your amen is the loudest, may your blessing be the biggest. <laughs> I'm just talking about your heart. Now, how do you enjoy surplus supply? Number one is through abundant mentality. You have a mentality that abundance is available. There are some people that go through life with myopic view that the blessing of God cannot be enough. That the more you take from God, the more God is depleted. In fact, they think that if God blesses them and they give somebody out of that blessing, it will not make that blessing to be full. Or if somebody is taking the blessing that they want to receive, God will not give them their own. Those they scramble through life. They scramble. They don't have abundant mentality for the blessing that is available for them. But look at Jesus. In John chapter 10 verse 10, Jesus said, The thief coming up to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come so that they may have life and have it out. I can't hear you. I have it out. The blessing of God is in abundance. It's not small. It's not few. The fact that I'm blessed does not mean you cannot be blessed. The only thing you have to do is to change your mindset that what God has in store can go around. When the sky is big enough for everybody to fly. Have you seen that? The bears will fly and they will not even jam each other because the sky is large enough for everybody to fly. That is abundant mentality. You can be blessed. I can be blessed. In fact, all of us can become billionaire and God is not depleted. All of us can be blessed. Nobody is affecting your blessing other than your mindset. Don't think that if somebody is promoted, you cannot be promoted. Don't think if somebody has taken number one, you cannot take number one. We can all be them. In fact, there are so many number one places. There is still vacancy. It's only the bottom that is crowded. The top is, is, is lean. There are so many. The top is spacious. Let me use that word spacious. You must have abundant mentality towards life. And I'm talking with you having a possibility mindset. And there are so many scriptures on that. Isaiah 54 verse 2 and 3. He said, enlarge the place of your house. The place of your tent. 
enlarge your mindset. That's what's talking about. He's not even talking about uh, uh, a small thing. He's talking about your mindset. Look at it. Enlarge the place of thy tent. The place. The place of thy tent. The land of your tent is your mind. The size of your blessing is in your mind. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. If you think there is scarcity, there is scarcity. If you think there is abundance, there is abundance. You can be blessed. Heavily blessed, heavily loaded. That's what he's saying. Surplus supply will only come from abundant mentality. I know so many of you have passed through scarcity in life, but don't allow it to affect the way you reason. You may be struggling now. That does not mean that you are going to struggle throughout life. You might have suffered with rationing of mama and jakute. But don't allow it to enter your brain. That even when God is preparing abundance for you, you are not willing to take it. He said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy and my cup run over. It take, take a man with abundant mentality to be able to hit in the presence of the enemy. Are you listening to me now? Okay. He said, for you are going to break forth to the left, break through to the right, and your children will inhabit the nations. I'm quoting Isaiah chapter 54, verse 3. He said, there is going to be a breakthrough for you. Let me announce to anybody, there will be a breakthrough for me. That is why I possess abundant mentality. I refuse to be limited by my own mind in the name of Jesus. Okay. Second Samuel chapter uh, 22 verse 36 and the same way in Psalm chapter 18 verse 36. He said the Lord has made my feet broad so that I will not sleep or fall or be limited in life. You know there was a time in three nights of glory I said you should pray for this verse. He said, thou hast also given me the seed of thy salvation, the gentleness of what? 37, 37. Is that 7? Put on 37. Thou hast enlarged my step under me so that my feet did not slip. You will not fall prematurely. The Lord will enlarge your feet. He will enlarge your coasts. Are you saying amen very well? Esther chapter 4 verse 14 talking about enlargement that moves with deliverance. There's a kind of enlargement that moves. That's why your mindset is important. Your mindset is important. When your mind is enlarged, you are likely going to enjoy certain deliverance from small, small devil or small, small demon. Look at what he says. If thou all together holdest thy peace at this time, you are simplistic. I don't want to be involved in any trouble. I don't want anything. That's what Mordecai is saying. No. Then Shaidia and enlargement. Because enlargement brings influence. Enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jew. Enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jew from another place. But thou and thy fathers shall be destroyed. And who know it whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time like this? Maybe you are redeemed so that your mindset can change and you'll be able to liberate your family. You are born again so that your mentality of poverty can be raised. God gave you a new experience, a new birth, so that you can have a new set of mind 
so that we'll be different from your brothers and your sisters. At times, it's not about what you possess. It's about your mindset. When your mindset shifts and is enlarged and you have an abundant mindset, you'll be able to maximize the little opportunity that you have. It is the mindset. You are born again so that your mind can be enlarged to accommodate abundance. You are not born again to be small again. You are redeemed so that your mindset can sift to the possibility of God. No limitation of your family or your tradition. You are born again so that your mentality can shift. Can shift. I gave my life to Christ at a tender age. I gave my life to Christ at a teenager. 1979. That's when I gave my life to Christ. And the fellowship like this, in the fellowship, a couple said they wanted to help my mother that was sponsoring us in secondary school. And they wanted to help my junior sister, my middle junior. I told you we are seven. So my mother said, ah, this junior, no, I can't give you this one. But this one can go. It's also born again. Pointed to me. That I should go there and be helping them. Helping my mother. That shifted my mind. It shifted my mind. Because I didn't have the privilege of being raised by an educated parent. Now, I now enter a family where they have a dining setting. Where they serve tea in the morning. I learned palace protocol. That's why I, thought I look like Omobota, Omopaki, Mr. I was raised in Lake Palabara, but I was fed in the flat house. When you are going to school, you carry your tea and your bread. You know, sliced bread, they pack it for you. It will take history for you to know my real family name. Take history for you to know it. And even though I may not be better than my family member, but I have a better mindset because of my exposure. I know what to do. I know what to do at every time. I know it's good for me to go to the university. I know. I know. I know. How many times I don't care that I right jump? I'll go to the university. It is the mindset. People that I see and the way they talk and how they relate they began to explain those things to me. This is the best step to take in life. And after they have taught me, it was too difficult for me to go back home. What will you do next? I said, I know. I will go to preliminary study. I will go to A-level. I will go to this. It is the mindset. It's not about the background. Something changed in my mind. And I'm praying that as you have come to cry, something will change in your mind. The mindset is what brings the supply your way. When your mindset is enlarged, the blessing of God becomes real. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 to 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 to 13. Look at what it says. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open. Our heart is enlarged. When we preach the gospel, we preach the gospel of abundance to you. We speak with full mouth. We say the truth of God's word as raw. We don't hide anything from you. Put on verse 12. Verse 12. Look at what it says. 
Verse 12. You are not restrained or strengthened in us. In other words, you are not limited by our messages. <clears throat> we are not the ones that are hiding God's blessing away from you. But you are strengthened or limited in your own bowel, in your mindset. It's your mindset that is restricting you. Look at verse 13 in conclusion. Now for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my own children. Be also enlarged. It's appealing. Have an abundant mindset. If the word of grace is abundant to you, also have a mind of abundance so that you can accept it. Don't resist it. Because your mindset can resist the supply of God into your life. You can say, ah, your mindset is limiting it. Ah, how can I ever do it? There is no way I can do it. Don't say that. How can I do it? If God says it is possible, it is possible. If God says it is feasible, it is what? It is for He says, be enlarged. You need an enlargement for you to conceive what God is able to do in your life. God is able to do what he says. Uh-huh. All right. All right, thank you. God is able to do whatever he says he can do. All you have to do is to allow the word of God to come in and conceive it as a possibility. That is abundant mindset. God took the children of Israel out of a, a slavery in Egypt and promised them to take them to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. But because of the sovereign mentality and the slavery mentality, they were so limited. Every little thing they complained. Every little thing they protest. Every little thing they refute. God cannot do it. Joy is a lie. God is not taking us anywhere. God said, why are these people always giving me a journey that should take probably 11 days. Took them 40 years with causes that they are going to die. Why? Because they could not just accommodate whatever God was saying. They feel inferior. They were limited in life. And anytime God says something, they are always doubting God. There are people like that though. They are not only pessimistic, they are myopic. They are always thinking small. They always query opportunity. They are always thinking, they know, no, no, that this, the abundance is not possible. They were always saying that. Anytime they talk about money, say, where is money? Where? Even some people will be defending government. Even the government do, do not have money. <laughs> when you carry this mindset of lack, even for you to achieve results will be difficult. And when you see other people achieving results, you get angry. You just get angry because you think that uh, abundance is not possible. You must be enlarged. If God says he can do something, just say like Mary, do unto me according to your word. Mary cannot phantom how God will help her to produce Jesus without an husband. He said, the power of the Holy Ghost will come upon you. He said, let it be unto me 
according to your word. That is possibility mindset. But a man was married, a priest in the holies of holy, praying to the Lord. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Sakarai, your prayer has been answered. He said, it cannot be. Uh-uh. He said, it cannot be. Care. He said, okay. You'll be deaf, deaf and dumb until you see it. You are praying for something and you are saying it is impossible. That's how, that's how, that's how some people behave. Even when good news happens, they say, you're all new, you're all new. It's not you're all. You have to have abundant mindset. And God is going to give you with abundant mindset in the name of Jesus. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21 to 22. And I will move to another point. The mindset is important for your blessing to flow. You have, there must be a shift from mindset. First Corinthians 3, verse 21 to 22. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Say, all things are mine. I can't hear you. All things are mine. Whether Paul or Apollo or Severus or Peter or the world or life or death, all things present or things to come, they are all yours. They are mine. I pray that all things will be for your benefit. You will not be limited in life in Jesus' name. Now, look at the life of the prodigal boy in Luke. Chapter 15, verse 17. He came to his senses. He said, Even I, a servant in my father's house, have enough to eat and to spare. I can't die here in hunger. Start from verse 15, verse 15 to 17. Verse 15 to 17. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he set him into his feet to feed pigs. Verse 16. Look at what happened in verse 16. And he will have fain and fill his belly with the husk that his swan did eat, and no man gave it unto him. Even pig's food, there was no supply. Pig's food to manage, there was no food for him. Then what happened to him? Verse 17, he came to his senses and said, how many I have servant of my father have bread enough and to spare? And I perish here with hunger. I know what to do. I'll go back to my father. Abundance is possible. In my father's house, I'll go there. Even I have servant are eating. I cannot die here of hunger. And he arose and went. Even in his lack, he had this abundant mentality that abundance is possible. And I pray you are going to have it in Jesus' name. The Lord will give you abundant mindset in the name of Jesus. I was, I was reading a book yesterday and I was shocked that even in US that we call God's own country, there are poor people there. That book was written by a preacher in the U.S. And he said his father has to struggle with poverty mentality all his life. To break through from poverty. He said in their country, they always have the a personality that this one is from a family that can never do well. This one is a family that can do well. Even in the U.S. And I started imagining. In the U.S. You still categorize. Not black, oh not black. There are still people that have this small mindset, even in the U.S., that are not doing fine. Otherwise, everybody in the U.S. will be having money. The mindset is far, far more important than your background and can be more important even than your profession. If your mindset is small, your blessing will be small. If your mindset is big towards life, you have a possibility mindset. Your blessing will enjoy surplus supply. 
Number one thing that determines supply from heaven is your mindset. Because God will not do anything without your mind. It is the mind that accepts or rejects blessing. The mind is the place of conception. If your mind cannot conceive it, it will be impossible for it to happen in your life. Your mind first must have a mentality that it is possible. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. The gospel was preached unto them as well unto us. But the word preached did not miss with faith in them that had it. They say, lie, lie is not possible. Lie, lie is not possible. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. The successful and the failures, they received the same gospel. The rich in the church and the poor in the church received the same gospel. What make them successful? What they make them poor? But the word preached did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith in them that had it. They never believe it is possible. So, they just hear it and throw it away. Ah, I know you see me. Do you know if God appear from heaven and say to some people that you are going to be blessed, they will still doubt God. Somebody say, if I save all the money that they will pay me in life, I can never buy it. I say, ah, how do you know the money you have in life? At least there are two constant things that will happen to you in life. Number one, you are likely going to have new friends. It's not the same friend that you have when you are young that you are going to have in old age. You are still going to have new connections. Number two, is that you are likely going to know more things than what you have known before. How can you say that even if people like me can never build a house. People like me can never buy a house. People like me can never have this can never have that. Never you underrate yourself. Have an abundant mentality. And God give you abundance in Jesus' name. Number two thing that affects the supply of God is righteousness mentality. There are some people that are too sin conscious that even when they appear before God, they feel unworthy to pray. You cannot be feeling condemned all the time and think speedy answers will come to your prayer. And some of you, you look so pious and religious that even to pray is a problem. You are sin conscious instead of righteousness conscious. All the blessings in the Bible, fortunately or unfortunately for some people, they are tied to righteousness. You can't see a blessing that God will say, and I will bless the sinner. There is no single verse like that. Every blessing of God is tied to righteousness. So if you do not categorize yourself, or fall under the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you have excluded yourself from God's blessing. Psalm chapter 5 verse 12 says, The Lord will bless the righteous, and with favor will surround them like a shade. This shall happen if you didn't act to the voice of the Lord your God. The Lord will bless you in the morning, bless you in the afternoon, bless you in the day, bless you in this, bless you in that. That's what God says. He said, The Lord will bless you this and bless you that. What it means is that all the blessings in the Bible, they are tied to, the, to, to righteousness. And you must be righteous for you to enjoy the blessing of God. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Those people that receive abundance of grace and of the gifts of righteousness shall do what? They shall reign in life. Receiving the gift of righteousness is righteousness mentality. I'm righteous not because of my doing, but I'm righteous because of the doing of Jesus. What he has done for me. Galatians chapter 2, 
verse 20 and 21. Look at Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. People that are and people that receive the gifts of righteousness. I'm crucified with Christ when he died. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Who did what? Who died? Who loved me? And what? Gave himself for me. Gave himself for me. Verse 21. Look at what verse 21 says. I am not what? I do not frustrate. Number one grace that come as a result of you giving your life to Christ is free gift of righteousness. Why? Our own righteousness, they are spoiled. They are like vivid rack before God. Isaiah 64 verses. Our righteousness, they are like vivid rack. We cannot stand with our own righteousness and accept God's grace. And some of you are still establishing your own righteousness. In fact, shamefully you go before God to claim that you are righteous in your own rights. That's why God should bless you. And that's why supply will not come. Because our own righteousness can never guarantee blessing. In fact, it will always guarantee causes. Because the law says, anyone that breaks any one of the law of God, just one, he has broken all. Failing one, failing law. Almighty examining. You fail one, you fail all. So there is no man that can help himself by his personal righteousness to be blessed. You can only be blessed genuinely to the righteousness of Jesus. To the righteousness of Jesus. What is Romans chapter 4, verse 13 to 15? Maybe I read Romans chapter 4, verse 13 to 15. What does he say? For the promise that Father Abraham will be the here. Watch it. These are very important scriptures that I'm reading here. H E I R of the word. W O R L D. The cosmos word. When God said, I want to give the word to you. God was talking about physical word of blessing. This is not a spiritual blessing that God is talking about. God gave a promise to Father Abraham that is going to inherit it. Look at what he says now. Was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. Through do's and don'ts. Supply don't come most time. Through do's and don'ts. Look at what he says. But what? Through the righteousness of faith. Believing that Jesus has died for you to guarantee your righteousness. Okay, verse 14. Verse 14, we are going to 15. For if they which are of the law be his inheritors, faith is made void. There's no essence in believing God. If it is do good, get good, do bad, get bad. Why are we believing God for anything? I get a reward for my work. Why should I praise God if I have a testimony? I deserve what I get because I work for it. But if I receive what I do not work for is a function of God's grace. And some are in church and they are still standing on their own righteousness. It's because I do this. That's why God is blessed me. It's God. Everything you do in church you do it as a result of worship after God has blessed you. That's what he says. Faith is made for it and the promise made of no effect. There is no point in promising. There is nothing like a promise there. 
Watch verse 15. Verse 15. Put on verse 15. Verse 15. Because the law, this is where I'm going, walketh rot. For where no law is, there's no transgression. And there's no way you can be perfect before the law. It's a standard gauge. You can be perfect in your own eyes, but you can never be perfect in your own right in the law of God. That's why Jesus came to fulfill the law. First, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, talking about having righteousness, consciousness, or mentality instead of sin consciousness. Look at what it says. For he had made him to be seen for us. Who knew no sin? Who was he talking about here? Do you believe what I'm preaching? Who is he talking about here? Who was made sin for you? Good. Who knew no sin so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him? Righteousness is not achieved under the new covenant. We are made righteous through what Jesus did. Because Jesus was made sin on the cross. He died for the sin he did not commit. So we enjoy the righteousness we do not deserve. That was why in Luke chapter 15 verse 22, when the prodigal boy returned, the first thing the father said is, take the slavery garment away from him and clothe him in the best robe. Before any transformation could take place in the boy's life, but the father said to the servant, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Then shoe follow, ring follow, celebration follow. It's righteousness that enables you to stand before God without feeling inferior. What am I preaching this morning? I carry the righteousness of Christ. I do not know anything against myself. The righteousness of Jesus is my righteousness. I am righteous inside out. And I'm bold to say it. I carry righteousness mentality, not sin mentality. Some people, they will say, as we are going before God, stay us now and find sin in us. Look for the sin in us. Like uh, radiologists or what they call them that are looking for disease. Look for the sin in us. Rather, when I extray myself, I see the righteousness of Jesus imputed into me. That's what will happen. Because that's what makes you bold in the place of prayer. That will make you stand tall in the presence of God. That will make you worship God with a clear conscience. The righteousness of Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 is real. And what does he say? If anyone be in Christ, is what? A new man. All things have what? All things have what? Romans chapter 10 verse 10 then. Romans chapter 10 verse 10 says, put on Romans chapter 10 verse 10. If you are there, you can read it for me. It just keep the church alive when you read it loud. So that they don't waste their time. For with the heart man belief unto righteousness. Righteousness come with believing. Righteousness with God. What is righteousness? Right standing with God. That's righteousness. It comes with believing God. With the mouth, confession is made unto what? Unto salvation. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20. Maybe I read just one more. 
And we'll go to the next one. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20. First Corinthians, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye are of God, and you are not your own. Verse 20. Verse 20. For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God. You have been bought with a price through the blood of Jesus. And God is the one that purchased you. And you are going to have this righteousness mentality in Jesus' name. Zechariah chapter 3, verses 3 to 4. Zechariah chapter 3, if you read verse 1, you understand what happened here in the place of prayer for Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 3, verses 3 to 4. Put on Zechariah chapter 3, verse 3 to 4. Okay, now Joshua was clothed. For understanding, let's start from verse 1. So that you understand it. We are going to fall, so it's not much. And he showed me Joshua the high priest. Standing before the angel of the Lord. And stand standing at his right hand. To receive them. He was standing before the Lord. And the devil was accusing him. Resisting him. And the Lord said unto Satan. The Lord rebuked thee, O Satan. Even the Lord had chosen Jerusalem. That had chosen Jerusalem rebuked thee. Is not this a brand pluck out of the fire? Verse 3. The devil will not leave. And look at what God did. Now Joshua was clothed with vivid garments and stood before the angel. Verse 4. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garment from him. And unto him said, Behold, I have caused thy iniquity to pass from thee. I have clothed thee with change of raiment. Somebody say amen. amen. May the Lord clothe you with a robe of righteousness. Amen. That's what gives you boldness. That will give you, you know, high mind, confidence to be able to stand in the place of prayer and say, Lord, do this thing for me. That's why when I lead you in prayer, I say, raise your hand to heaven like a priest and pray like a righteous man. And when you pray like that, the fervent prayer of the righteous man does what? Availeth much. When you pray the prayer of the righteous, there's answer. The Bible says it has tremendous power. Every blessing in the Bible is tied to righteousness. So you must have righteousness mentality because of the work of Jesus. You must believe what Jesus has done for you and receive righteousness as a gift. Be imputed unto you. Okay, let's read again Romans chapter 4. Maybe I read from verse 2 to 4 again. So I've just, I've just concluded. And Romans chapter 10, verse 1 to 4. Romans chapter 4, talking about righteousness. For if Abraham were justified by works, he had wherefore to boast. He had something to glorify. If justification for Abraham was because of what he did for God, then he should glory in himself. That's what the Bible is saying. But not before God. Why? Why can't he glory? For what seeth the scripture? Abraham believed God. And it was counted unto him for what? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. So if you have faith in God, you have righteousness mentality to stand before God. Verse 4. Verse 4. Let's go quickly. Verse 4. Now to him that walketh 
is the reward not given as a supply but a debt. That's what he's saying. If God says, I give you something and you work for it, he said, That is not grace. That's the reward of your work. But if God gives you what you don't work for, that's what we call grace. That's what we call supply. Are you hearing me now? Because some of you are thinking that the only way to attain the standard of God is to labor and to struggle and to labor and to struggle. That's when God will answer your prayer. That the only reason why your prayer is not answered is because you have not attained a certain standard where God answered the prayer of certain people. It's all in your mindset. And that is what has kept you in bondage, in slavery. Always thinking that you are substandard to some men of God because God will not answer your prayer. He will prefer to talk to some men because they are holy more than you and you are a sinner. God will not answer you. Every righteous man that enjoys answer to his prayer, they enjoy it on the platform of grace. Not on the platform of... Even Father Abraham, even Father Abraham, God imputed to them the gifts of righteousness. Okay? Go to verse 7, verse 8. I just want to take two more, three verses, so that maybe it will remove some of these doubts that you have in your mind. And saying, okay, let's read from verse 6. Saying, verse 6, please. Verse 6. Even as David also described, described it, the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without do's and don'ts. When God input righteousness into your life, he has imputed grace. There is nothing anybody can do about it. When you pray, thunder come. David, in the Old Testament, described this. Because David knew himself. If you know nobody, he knew himself. Look at what he says now. David said, put on verse 7. Let's see, without work. Righteousness that was saying, blessed are they whose iniquity are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Wow. Verse 8. Look at verse 8 now. Verse 8. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not input sin. If you say, I don't input it, I don't carry it in my mind. What he has not inputted into me, I don't look for. It is what he input into me that I look for at all times. That's why I stand bold to pray. Stand bold to intercede. Stand bold to do the work of the ministry. Righteousness mentality allow the blessing of God to flow or in that in your life. And so many of you are thinking you're a baby, you can't receive it. It has nothing to do with being a baby or being an adult. It has something to do with receiving it as a gift. Those who that received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. Okay, Romans chapter 10, maybe first 1 to 4 again. Then we'll move to the next one. It's good that we carry this mentality. Righteousness, consciousness is what guarantees continuous supply in your life. Righteousness, consciousness is what guarantees supply in your life. Mm. I, I was serving 1985. 1985, Abby. That's when we serve. 1994. 95. And I was traveling to Bauchi. I have to sleep over in one of our cousins' house. And the mother was there. The mother is a fervent woman. 
in the Lord. And maybe because my mother has said some things to her about me, either pastoring the local house, local church, you know, the room, between the time I will go for service and the school. So he said, ah, Pastor, I want to see you. I was very young then. I was, I was serving, 94, 95. So I woke up and said, Ah, a room by me. I said, Why? He said, Because the one that is doing printing and bread is blessed. The one that is doing nurse is blessed. The one that all my children are blessed. Something is terrifying me that the blessing will stop. Everything will turn upside down. I said, No. The blessing of God has no refugee. When God's blessing is like, like, that is my own way, you know. I try as much as possible to talk to this old woman that whatever God do it shall be permanent. God has tried to bless them. You are going to see your children's children. Your children will bless. Their business will not dabaru. He said, ah, he loba iku come by you. But I didn't have the understanding that I have now. I didn't have the bullshit praise. But yes, he was always feeling condemned that children should not be blessed the way they are blessed. It was a reef here. I could see it in a... Well, I don't know how to make money then. I was just a young graduate, still serving. So I explained what I can do, and I pray with her. After some years, I'm telling you life story. The business started shaking. Everybody started shaking. The one that is doing something. The one that is doing us. The woman also died. She was always feeling fearful. That it can't be so easy like that. God cannot answer prayer. And they are Christian like that. Even when they travel in a year without an accident, they say, I'm a resident. Their mind is constantly thinking evil because they think they are unworthy to enjoy the good things of life. Their mind is constantly blaming them. They have preached fear unto them. Brethren, look at what Paul says. My heart desire and prayer to God for Easter is that they might be saved. Why are they not saved? Verse 2. Look at verse 2. Look at what it says in verse 2. For I bear them record that they have a seal of God, but not according to knowledge. Ah. Which knowledge do they need, sir? For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Some people don't know what it means to be right before God. What are they doing? They are going about to establish their own righteousness. They say, God, for righteousness is the silly. They are going about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. There are a lot of people like that. There are a lot of people like that. They say, I want to establish my own righteousness. They say, this is the standard of God's righteousness. Believe what Jesus has done, that he died for your sin. I said to him, I said to him, I said to him, they are establishing their own righteousness to pray. All those woruru. We never allow them to stand before God with boldness to pray. Their mind is always shaking. And when they mention the name of God, ah, they sit far at the back. They say, because. That is their mindset about God. They are never confident about the God they serve all through their life because they don't know what God wants. 
God's righteous. They have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Verse 4. Verse 4. Look at what verse 4 says. Verse 4. I'm talking about righteous mentality. For Christ. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Come on. There is no law for the righteous. Why? The righteous live far above the law. The standard of the right of righteousness of God is far higher than the law. I've said it here before. The law says, Thou shalt not divorce your wife, but it does not tell you how to love your wife. Righteousness of God input the love of your wife into you. So loving your wife is now effortless. Which one is better? The one that you are living with, fighting each other with knife. Or the love that's inside that's imputed by the righteousness of Christ between couple. It's far, far better to walk under the righteousness of Christ and enjoy blessing than to walk under the law. Romans chapter 6, verse 40 say, Therefore, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law. You are under what? I can't hear you. May you enjoy fresh supply in every area of your need in Jesus' name. May you be conscious of Christ's righteousness in Jesus' name. May you possess righteousness mentality in the name of Jesus. I've talked about two major things that guarantee supply. Number one, abundant mentality. Number two, righteousness mentality. Number three, feeding mentality. Feeding, feeding. Look, there is no supervisor in church that refuses to feed on God's word and get blessed. Everyone that you see that is fat in church is fat because he's a constant feeder and learner in the things of God. In fact, when God was telling me this, look at, look at the elder brother of the prodigal boy in verse 31. Luke chapter 15, verse 31. And he was complaining, I have been with you. I have worked for you all this while. This boy, this prodigal boy of yours. Start from verse 29. Start from verse 29. Look at verse 29. And he answered and said to his father, Lo, this many years I do serve thee, neither transgress I at any time your word and your commandment. Yet thou never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friend. The father answered him. Correct answer. Perfect answer. Verse 30 and 31. Listen. Look at what the father said. But as soon as this the son was come, which as deferred thy living with a lot, thou hast killed for him the father's calf. Father said, Listen, and he said unto him, Son, you are ever with me, and all that I have is thine. Go and study that. Go and, that's a course. Go and study what you have that is in my hand. Go and study that. Go and learn it. Go and learn what has been given to you freely that you don't know. The boy was prodigal, but yet more knowledgeable than the one that was serving. The boy was bad, but the boy knew what the father carried. The first time, the prodigal boy went to the father and said, give me my possession that is with you. My possession is with you. He asked, the, the elder brother, are you sure? Are you sure? He said, wait and see. I'll collect. The father divided the goose and gave the younger one. He carried the first possession by knowledge. He gambled it. 
made mistake with it. He lived on a riotous living. The boy in his slavery still said, I know my father has more than enough. That even servant, workers in my father's house, they eat in abundance and they have something to save. If I cannot get a possession as a child, I can apply to be a worker in his house. I know the pay is better. It is not let sir. He generated alternative. Yes, somebody like Mumu, go to father's work and work. He never care about what the father knows, what his, his entitlement are. And this is the life of some Christian. No? They carry Bible. 36 years. And he never reflected in them. Never reflected. One of my old, old uh, secondary school friends was burying her mother last, was it last Friday? And I, and I traveled to Ibadan. And when we came out, somebody said to me, say, ah, and you know, Nibaba wants to buy the pastor. Because I was the president of the fellowship. And I told you I gave my life to Christ early. I was the president of the fellowship in my secondary school for three years. The fellowship. And I know what he was saying. You are our father in school. You should be more blessed than us. You should be blessed. How can you be reading Bible that seven years? You still meet them that seven years after you are complaining. That means the Bible is not working in your life. It's not working. He said, this is our father. He's our father in school. Now, you know, you, we all know him. He's our father in school. He was the one that was doing the Bible study there. He was the one that was teaching us. And in those days, you know, your state, the, the Muslims do fellowship two times in a week. They have school imam. I was the chapel prayer and the timekeeper for the school. I was also the president of the fellowship. The Christian, we also do fellowship. So I lead them in praise worship. Preach and pray. Two days. So we meet again after service. The imam of the school then. And the pastor of the school then. That's seven years after. We met. And majority of them are not even born again. That's what makes me happy more. You can't be reading the Bible that contains your will. The will of God concerning your blessing. And you are not reading it and it's not making any impact in your life. Black and white. So you must have a feeding mentality. Ferocious feeder. You are hitting. You are hitting. You are hitting. You are not a supervisor, but you are constantly hitting the word of God to make sure that it's having effect in your body. Permit me, please, to use this example. I have two dogs. One is big. Very big. We call him Cracker. Because he can bark like a lion. We bought another one. Very small. We called that small dog Jack. When he came. The first day my small dog saw Cracker. He was running away. We said so that we know each other. The moment I opened the gate. I just threw the jacket down. He ran to the back house. Putting his tail under his bonbon. He was afraid. Because the noise was. In fact my wife was afraid. We have to hide the dog. In the bedroom, if it's not bedroom, we were seriously afraid that maybe this kaka will kill the small puppy, this small doggo. Bullied and shouting, we now allow the dog to eat. As this time goes on, Cracker was behaving like the big man. He was not eating. Jackie was eating both food. If I show you the picture, you can't believe it. If, if I now we now lock cracker in the house to eat because if two of them are eating we go, go, 
we shout the one, the one go away. He cannot even stand him. For the first people, I say, maybe we should separate them. This other one should go. He said, a long way. You'll be doing alcohol with food. Another one has come. Because he's eating more. He's far bigger, more energetic, and dealing with the one that he ran away from in the first instance. That is the way God has designed us. If you are not hitting God's word, you will not grow. First Peter chapter 2 verse 2. First Peter chapter 2 verse 2. Look at what it says. Maybe you read it in easy to read translation. First Peter chapter 2 verse 2. First Peter chapter 2 verse 2. As a young baby have an appetite for God's word. As a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the word so that you may grow thereby. Desire the word. If you don't have a desire for the word and you are doing accord with the word, you will not grow. All the small, small boys will come and be harassing you. I say you have given your life to Christ 20 something years ago. Are you strong now? Why should somebody that has been born again for the past 40 years still be going under a prophet to pray for him. You want to dedicate your house. You have to go to a prophet. You have been born again for years. Is it not food they chop that make them fat? Why can't you chop the same food? You are still saying, I don't know. And you are saying, 10 years ago, I gave my life to Christ. Shame on you. As a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. Nobody is a supervisor when God is feeding you. All of us must eat. It's your personal responsibility. Is it that you hit or you die? That is what happened in the kingdom. Is it that you are constantly feeding on God's word? You are growing. You are learning new things. You are increasing. Or you keep on emaciating, shrinking, afflicted. And before you know it, you cannot even stand on your own. Uh, I've, I've told you this story before. There was a story about Badiboy. I'll still say it. Permit me also to share this. Badiboy said... They went to a man that preached to Baba Deboe to give his life to Christ. Under King Dayomi. He was the one that preached to him. So they went and interviewed him in Redemption Light. The magazine of Redeem. And, he's, and they said, are you surprised that somebody you preached to is doing better, far glorious than you? He said, I'm not surprised. He said, from the first day he gave his life to Christ, he has been very serious. I was the one that introduced him to the church. But he never misses the Bible study or any service. He says he's always committed to the things of God. Always. He said from the one. It is me that introduced him, but I must be honest with you. If you get that redemption line, you can still read it. He said he has been more committed to God more than me. He was the man that said it. He said even now, I don't have a car again. I beg him to send the car to come and pick me to the redemption camp. He said, God is not unrighteous. So I never take it serious, but I preach to him. It is true, I preach to him. You never take God's word serious. When God is feeding, you are not hitting. And you are asking yourself, why am I not growing? Look, God is not a respecter of person. Somebody said, when it comes to animal kingdom, he said, nutrition is the key. It's garbage in, garbage out. Whatever you feed is what determines the outcome of the animal. So also in the kingdom. The word that you are feeding, are you feeding or you are wasting away? Are you sure you are eating? 
Do you just wake up in the morning and your spirit man does not have any sustain, sustenance meal? Or you only come to church on Sunday and even when the message is being shared, you get too distracted. You are doing supervisor. Your spirit man is not being enlightened. You are emaciating without knowing. God taught me this when I was young. Young. Then. Very, very young. In my Ajebo's house my Jebel's house because I was imported into the family to take care of their children. So they told me, even though I was born again, oh, don't go to adult church because of my children. Go and be staying with them. I know some of you may have people like that that are carrying your children. So they stay. I stay with them. They say, if Jesus love you more than me, Jesus love... They sing. Goodness, uh-huh. Me, I was hungry. Spiritually. I was feeling empty. What they were saying is not feeding my spirit man. I was not feeding. So I told them, I said, ah, sir, ma, you give me two days, oh. They say, what? I say, I want to go for a retreat. I think I need deliverance. In those days, deliverance was common. So I went for a two-day camp meeting. We still have camp meeting those days. So they say, if you have a spiritual problem, come out. They push me, I know fall. They pray for me, I know fall. So they took me one side. What's your problem? I say, spiritual hunger. I am empty. So they ask me, what is your quiet time like? I say, ah, na children club manual. The children club manual they give us then. For children, if you are genuinely born again, you understand what I'm saying. So I know who Camille knew I was hungry. So now told me, even though you may be forced to go and follow the children that you are taking care of, make sure you go for Bible study on a regular basis. Even if they put you on a corner, make sure you follow and contribute. Don't let any adult intimidate you. That was the concern that man of God gave me. I was like a small boy, like an house boy among elderly people like you. But look then, I changed my approach in church in Bible study. When they do Bible study, I will raise up my hand. Yeah, come. Amos, yeah, come. I will ask them question. They will look at themselves. Was this guy following? I was actually following because I wanted to eat. Wanted to eat. As a newborn baby, desire is sincere make of the world. The desire is your own. You must have a feeding mentality. Some of you come to church to observe righteousness. You do not come to gain anything. And they ask you, what have you gained since you have been in church? Nothing. Your mentality has not changed. You have not learned any new thing. You have not gained any new thing. You are not coming to church as a Bible student. You are just coming as someone that is coming to watch. We have so many people like that that are born again for years but they are still baby. They are still baby. If they have one dream like this, they will go to the mountain. One dream, take them to the mountain. If somebody stop you on the road and start say, "You're already fidgeting," because even you cannot say what God can say. You can't say, "My God can say that." You know you are not up to that level, and they will tell you you must not travel. And you say, "Ah, me go to turn the mountain, I'm going and you are born again for years, years. Because you have refused to grow. You are not feeding. 
And when you are not feeding, you will remain a baby. Matthew chapter 13, verse 11. The Bible says it has been given to you to know, to know. You have been given to know the mysteries. If now you are still asking questions, is he right to tie scarf? Or right not to tie? You are still a baby. You don't even know why you are in church. You don't know why you are in church. Those questions, you will have grown past it now. You have grown past it. If we are still asking you, how does it mean to grow in anointing? And you don't know it. Ah, you have grown past it. Look at what the Bible says. He answered and said to them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Somebody that is expected to know must be ready to learn. If you are expected to know the mystery of the kingdom, you must be ready to learn the mystery of the kingdom. Mysteries of prosperity, you are ready to learn. Mysteries of supply, you are ready to learn. Mysteries about kingdom where you are, you are ready to learn it because the Bible says nothing is too difficult for you to know. You have been given the privilege of knowing. So if unbelievers say, hey, Say, no, I know his mysteries. I know his ways. I know his ways. I know this is what he's going to do. I know this is what he's going to do. I know this is how God will bless me. You know it because you have learned it. It has been given unto you to know the mystery of the kingdom of heaven, but to them that are without, it is not given. You say, all these things are done in parable. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Maybe we read two more and we go. Two more and go after this. Verse Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know, we might know. What do we know? The things that are what? Freely what? Given to us. We are called to inherit the blessing. First Peter chapter 3 verse 9. And we are called also to know the things that are given to us. We are called to know things that are given. You must know what has been given to you. You must know what are the things that is available. What are the rights of a believer? What are the benefits of giving my life to Christ? The Bible says you are called to know. You are not just a church goer or a bench warmer. You are called to know your rights and privilege of being in Christ. First Peter chapter 3, verse 9. You should know. You should know. You have the spirit of God that helps you to know. So you don't pray without knowing the answer that is coming. Not rending evil for evil or railing for railing. Controlized blessing. Knowing that you are there unto call, that you inherit the blessing. And First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12 says, The Spirit of God is in us so that we might know things that have been given to us. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Knowledge is important though. You have to know what God has freely given to you so that the devil will not steal it away from you. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to the abundant mercy had begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God has begotten us and we have hope in Christ. Colossians chapter 3. Is that first Peter or second Peter? Okay, read second Peter. First Peter. No, no, second Peter. Read second Peter for me. Second Peter, okay. According to his divine power, had given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through what? Can you see it? Through what? Through what? Through what? 
All things are given to you through the knowledge of him. Mommy read it this morning. Psalm chapter 36 verse 9. For with you is the fountain of life. Abundant life. And it is in your light, in your knowledge that we see light. It is in you that we understand what he has prepared for us. In him is light. For with thee is the fountain of life and indeed we see light. The more you know God or the more you are feeding on his word, the more supply is released into your life. Unconscious. You will not know, but you are increasing because God is constantly inputting more to you. My friend, every blessing is blessing upon blessing. Heaped upon us. I've read it to you before. Somebody say, ah, it's not in the Bible. It's in the Bible. First John chapter 1 verse 16. Of his fullness, we have received blessing upon blessing heaped upon us. From one level of blessing to another level of blessing to another level of blessing. The more you learn of him, the more you are blessed by him. The more you learn of him, the more you are blessed by him. You cannot know him and not be blessed by him. Most people that are not blessed by God, they do not know God. They that do know their God, they shall be strong and they will do exploit. They have miracles. Blessing. Blessing come with knowing him. At least you will not be afraid of anybody. You are afraid in the night. You will not be afraid of your dream. You will not be afraid of your cockroach. You won't be afraid of your rats. You won't be afraid of bears. I saw some of you are doing deliverance. When they come on your roof, I say, kay, 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 I want you, 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 I you know, you know, when my mother was alive, there are some times that this my dog will bark. And my mother will say, See, I can't do about we. I say, Mama, damn it, we are dead. You don't say any. That's how I feel. See, I can't, oh, let me leave mommy. My mother will speak in tongue against the dog. I say, ah, I'm feeding the dog. Don't kill this dog. Go. <laughs> say, and there are people like all man of drama. A man of drama. A man of drama. You are fearful because you know little. You know little. God has raised us in heavenly places. Far above principalities and power. We don't carry enchantment mentality because we are far above them. We are far above them. We are far above them. And there are some of you that live in fear. I know in those days also, they will do something in my father's house. I say, oh, I want to go. My father say, ah, don't go. Oh, you go to go Oh, my go near. Oh, you go I say, oh, you can let you go to go Ah, oh, you go to go My mother, relax. Relax. All manner of fearful prayers. I know she's resting now. She's resting. And 
thoughts of fear. You can see thought of fear. Thought of fear. There was a time my wife was sick. I said, don't even fix it. Just relax. Relax. Ah, come on. I said, who said that? Who will say that? And man of thoughts like that. She's so caring, so full of worried. And it's because of, even though she has given her life to Christ very long, she has been fed errors upon errors upon errors. Upon errors. They manipulate the ignorance and teach them what they want to hear so that they can control them. Manipulate them. Manipulate them. One day, one time, they said my mother is sick. And they were holding that video, one prayer. I took my car, I carried on I ran with speed, pick her. I took her to the teaching hospital. And they were falling. Out. I said, move away, move away, move away. Let the doctor do their job. <laughs> move away. Let them take care of her. And later, when it was exposed, they knew that they were following their prophecy, their prophecy concerning her. Some of them even pray that their prophecy will come to pass. They have seen negative things and they will be praying about it. Can you imagine that? If you say you have seen something that is bad, and you a man of God that have God uh, favor. Can't you change it? And you now take the name to the mountain and we say this thing must come to pass. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't blame them because even some of you, you have bad dream, and with with shame you still open your mouth and say, "Ebang badrao, morikwe mukula na, morikwe mukula na, ani mukula na, ani mukula na." Even your own mouth, you are not seeing your own death. Your mouth. Don't you know that life and death, they are in the power of the tongue. You are the one that is confessing evil. And when those evil now begin to come to pass, you start blaming everybody. God is still answering prayer. Still answering prayer. Because you are not feeding on the right meal. When you feed on the right meal, right combination, you become fat. You become strong. You become bold. You become a giant. Because you are born as a giant, the only thing that can disturb your growth is your feeding pattern. Is it that you are doing too much? As God is feeding you. So the release is not coming to you. Or intentionally, you are feeding on sand instead of food. That's why you are not growing. But if you are feeding on God's word, as it's being preached to you, you can never be helpless in life. And none of us will be activity conscious that our spirit man is not being fed. Because there's only one thing that is needful. Feeding. Feeding mentality. Jesus told Mary and Martha, 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 you are careful and troubled about many things. There is one thing that is needful. Feeding. Feeding. And feeding. Once you feed your spirit man, your spirit man will produce the money you need outside. Because the blessing of God starts from the inside outside. If you are strong inside, you will be strong outside. Feeding is important. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 and I will round up. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. Look at what it says. 
Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. Let the word of Christ out dwell in you. How? Richly. Somebody shout richly. I can't hear you. Let the word of what? I can't hear you. How? Dwell in you how? Dwell in you how? In all wisdom. In all wisdom. Somebody said, this generation, I'm a way, I'm I'm a Nigeria, comedy, comedy, jaka, jaka. Senseless comedy. Say, oh God of mercy. We, we today like entertainment. Anything that will make you laugh. Even when it has no common sense, that's what we do. Do you know they are doing auditioning for children on comedy now? Children, you know, that is what we have turned to. Even everywhere now is comedy. Club comedy. Church comedy. Is that comedy? Listen, even when there is nothing practical to pick, nothing to feed our spirit, man, nothing. We just go laugh, stand. I, there's nothing wrong with laughter, but your spirit, man, need to carry the knowledge of God's word. I'm not against you laughing, laugh, enjoy yourself. But you know, entertainment is like 99% now. Once somebody says something rubbish, 99,000 follower, automatic success. What is wrong? Nobody is interested in content again. Even some of the things that they laugh, I, I say, oh God, when we, are we going to get out of this? The, the youth nowadays are not even interested in learning anything. They are not interested in learning. Everybody just wants to, and you now say, and you say sorry, sorry, it's a prank. I say, is this a prank? There are some things that absolutely is not a prank. It's just a mess up. And it's showing how debased we are as a society. We are not interested in gaining knowledge. I know our fathers, we still say our time was bad. But this one is worst. Very worst. Look, we started from Songo. In those days, Obey and they started singing uh, a common sense song. Uh, edifying song. But we moved to Sasu, Sasu. Remove your trouser. After that, now everything is comedy. Now there's something that is not comedy. Now, how do we think we are going to get better if we are not knowledge based? No knowledge. What is passing? Knowledge. We are just going for entertainment, and entertainment, and entertainment. If your entertainment is more than your brain work. Knowledge work. You can't be rich. There won't be supply. I know it's good to enjoy your money. But make sure that you have money first. That you are knowledge based. You are knowledge based. The people shall be fed the word of God. And they shall lack nothing. Say, I will give them a shepherd after my word. That will feed them the knowledge of God's word. What he told Peter is, feed my sheep. Feed them. Let them know me. When they know me, I will supply everything. So let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another. Teaching. Quoting. Teaching one another. When we see each other, we admonish. Ah, the word of God says. Pray. The word of God says. God is able to do exceedingly 
abundantly above all that we ask or think. I believe with you, my brother. Let's join hands and pray. Ah, this any is sweet. Don't we have somebody that can encourage with the word of God? Okay? Oh, swear, oh, say me now. <laughs> How are you, my brother, if you cannot encourage me when I'm done? You can't encourage, you don't have any word of God. Is that what you are going to use to encourage me? I get worst. And do you know that it's getting so bad in the church that people now move outside the church to seek encouragement when they cannot even get word of encouragement? Now, to the extent that even somebody is having a problem, he comes to church, he just says, yemi wo. Have you not heard that? Have you not heard that? There are some church member. They are members of the same church. Oh, you just say, I have a problem. And they are saying it on here. Member church, can you imagine that kind of a thing? Somebody in church, that if somebody is weak, and if you feel that you are spiritual, you should encourage, you are now throwing that person back into hell. God have mercy. If you are not knowing it because you want to use it to preach, know it because you want to use it to encourage somebody at one point or the other. Make sure that you listen. Even the message that you are hearing now, somebody in your office may need it tomorrow. May need it. May need encouragement. I've tried everything and I'm a born again Christian. You are going to tell him, calm down. Just be feeding. Pastor said we should be feeding. As we are feeding on God's word, all the supply will be given to you. And let me tell you, God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You can't seek God in vain with your heart and not find him. You can't learn from him and not be great. I'm the Lord that teacheth thee by the way to go. Isaiah 48 verse 17. I'm the Lord that leadeth thee by the way to go. He teach you and as you are feeding your problem are solved. I pray that you always have constant supply in Jesus' name. What you need that God cannot provide does not exist. That's the way it should be. What you need that God cannot supply does not exist. He will supply it through his word. Your redeemer, the only one of Israel, I teach you to profit I lead you to prosper. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Raise your hands to heaven. Say, as a newborn baby, I receive a new desire to pant after your word, to feed on your word at all time. I refuse to be a baby that will not eat. In the name of Jesus, I receive grace to feed continuously, furiously, deliciously, with passion, feed on the word of God. I refuse to be an onlooker in the things of God. I receive grace to feed and to know. It has been given to me to know the mysteries of the kingdom. So I receive grace to know God. Grace to feed on God's word. Grace to learn God's word. Grace to understand God's desire for me. Lord, I receive grace to know them in the name of Jesus. Lord, give me grace to feed on your word. I receive feeding mentality and learning mentality in the name of Jesus. Lord, help me 
In Jesus' name, we have prayer. Raise your hands to heaven. Say, Father, I'm righteous because of the righteousness of Jesus. Every blessing of the righteous, they belong to me. Lord, they belong to me. Every step that I take will be surrounded with favor because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Go ahead and begin to pray for the blessing of the righteous. The Lord will bless the righteous. God, you are going to bless me. I cannot be empty. I'm righteous because of the righteousness of Jesus. The day I believe in Jesus, that is the day I receive righteousness as a gift. I receive righteousness as a gift. I receive righteousness as a gift. In the name of Jesus. See, we now have dominion over me. In the name of Jesus. I receive righteousness as my inheritance. I receive righteousness as my inheritance. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayer. Say, because I am righteous, I refuse to feel inferior to anybody. I'm not inferior to anybody. I am righteous by faith. In the mighty name of Jesus. Not because of work, I am righteous by faith. Open your mouth and pray. Because I'm righteous by faith, I am not inferior to anybody. I am not inferior to anybody. I am not afraid of anything. The righteous is as bold as lion. I cannot be caged. My life is moving on. Every blessing of the righteous, they are mine. I receive righteousness mentality in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I'm still praying to pray for some people. Raise your hands to heaven. Every poverty mentality, I shake them away. I receive abundant mentality into my brain. In the name of God, I'm praying and pray. Every poverty mentality, I choose to be rich and not to be poor. In the name of Jesus, I choose abundance, not scarcity. I choose abundant life, abundant blessing. I do not choose soko soko. I choose abundant life. In the name of Jesus, I refuse to be poor. When they are mentioning the poor, my name will not be among them. I will live abundant life. Abundant life of Christ, if you choose. Success is a choice. Poverty is a choice. Abundance is a choice. I am going to be worthy in the name of Jesus. I choose prosperity as my inheritance in the mighty name of Jesus. I have abundant mindset in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayer. Now your two hands to heaven like this. Say, Father, enlarge my coasts. Go ahead and pray for God to enlarge your base. Enlarge your coasts. Enlarge your coasts. Enlarge my frontiers. Enlarge me, Lord. Let there be an enlargement for me. Pray for enlarge mindset. Lord, enlarge my coast. Don't let me be limited, Lord. Lord, enlarge my possibility. Enlarge my frontiers. Enlarge my business. Enlarge my capacity. Enlarge the place where I dwell. Lord, enlarge my coast. Enlarge. Therefore, enlarge, 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 enlarge. 
In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Open your eyes. Listen. God love born again Christian. He loved them. More than non-believer. Love them, go. Gurney. God love them. God loved to have his children as shine, shine, bubble. So that other people will believe that God is good. God wants to give his children good things. He loved them. But there are so many children of God that hate good things. You know? they, they will say, me, I like small things. God said, there is no problem. I won't force you. Ah, God, don't give me much money. I don't want to backslide. If you like small things, God will give you small things. If you like big things, God will give you big things. But it's in the hand of God to give big things to you. It's in the hand of God. God loves his children. He loves you far, far more than the way he loves unbeliever. But do you know at time, like a prodigal boy, unbeliever can enjoy more than you. Because you refuse to accept what God is releasing to you. Apostle Paul says, our mouth is enlarged. Look, if you look at criticism that pastors suffer in preaching prosperity, nobody will talk about prosperity again. Nobody. Even when you preach it without giving, they will still say, if you have money, now you can give. And by low, low for me. Low for many. You are going to take care of yourself, take care of your children. If God blesses you, your family will enjoy it first. You might now think one side, but the prosperity is for you. But if you criticize it, it will not come to you. Because you have refused to accept it. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the gospel of abundant life. It's specified in the Bible. I have come so that you may have life and have it abundantly. Don't remove yourself from it. Because you want to look acceptable to all. No, everybody will not like you. If God says he has given you something, Receive a large mind to accept it. Irrespect of what people are saying. Years back, when I was made a pastor, I was very young, when I started working. My friend, Victor, that you all know, called me and said, Amos, I learned that they have made you pastor in Redeem. I said, yes. He said, don't talk about prosperity. If you talk about prosperity, everybody will hate you. Years back, oh, how many years ago now? 86. Don't talk. If you talk, everybody will just hate you. One thing that will make your church to hate you is to talk about prosperity. I say, okay, what should I preach? You say, talk about kingdom of heaven. Talk about welfare system. I say, why did you go to UK? We were in 200 level together. Because you were hungry. You look for visa and travel. So people that are in Nigeria, they should suffer. I say, I hear People that are telling you not to pray to God to bless you. When you need the money, go to them and ask for money. They will not give you. If they can't give you when they have, why would they disturb you from asking from God, the Father of all, that can give to everybody? The God that can give to everybody. I thank God I didn't listen to him. I said to that with the Bible. I read it for myself. Why following God pays? And I never raise offering. You know me, I don't raise up for you. I don't do it. I only sit down with the manual. Study it. What does God say concerning supply? 
by grace, it's by faith, it's by promise. I apply it. When it works in my life, it should work in the life of my era. The blessing of abundant grace will work in your life. I pray for you, God will open doors for you. You will not be limited in life. Raise your hands to heaven. See, I will not restrict myself. I open my heart to receive the gospel of abundant living. I will enjoy abundant grace, abundant supply. In the mighty name of Jesus, nothing will limit me. I don't care what people want to say about me. What I care about is what God says. Whatever God says is what I will follow. Lord, help me. Lord, help me to enjoy the prosperity you have prepared for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we worship you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I pray for you this morning. God will bless the work of your hand. God will give you your home money. You will not lack the blessing of God. It shall be for you from glory to glory. In the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody, please close your eyes. If you have not given your life to Jesus, the foundation of every genuine blessing is from God. And if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? You want to dedicate your life to God this morning for genuine blessing. Raise your hand to heaven. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Say, Lord Jesus, I dedicate my life to you for the genuine blessing that comes from you. Today, I give my life only to Jesus. Come into my life and I will live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Put that upon your head. Put it upon your head. Father, today bless all these hands that is raised to you. And make them genuine sons and daughters of you. For your blessing. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Open your eyes. Say with me, surplus supply. How many of you want surplus supply? Receive more than enough grace. To enjoy surplus supply in Jesus' name. Whatever you are doing now, the Lord will bless it. Multiply it. And open additional door for you. The fountain of your blessing will not run dry. The source of your income will not run dry. I pray for you this morning, it shall be favor upon favor. You are not saying amen very well. Oh. Amen. Glory upon glory. Amen. Can I hear your loudest amen? amen? I pray for you. Increase upon increase. Amen. So shall it be in the name of Jesus. Amen. You will never go backward. Amen. You will move forward. Amen. Your prosperity and influence will increase. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray for you this morning. Nobody will be qualified to pity you. Amen. You will live an enviable life. Amen. A life of glory and joy. Amen. So shall it be in Jesus name. Amen. Say amen three times. Amen. Let's clap a hand to the God of grace. God of supply. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.
Oh, me.